and welcome back to Much Do About Rugby, where we chat about everything rugby. And today, yes, we are doing that episode again where we review some games, but also reviewing the whole Nations Cup that's happening this autumn. We've already had three games this weekend, and ooh, some more exciting than the others, I think. Uh, but yeah, essentially what we're going to be doing today is we are going to be running over the games and also commenting on each team and whether they will fly or whether they will flop. So a bit of a game about it. And uh, at the end of each analysis, I guess we're just going to say which, which team will do well in the competition overall or whether they'll fly or which team will do worse in the competition and whether they'll flop a little bit. So uh, a brief comment on that at the end. And then um, we're also going to comment a bit on the uh, women's rugby as well for the first time ever on, on, our, on our podcast. We're going to chat a little bit about that. Um, Obviously, we didn't watch the game, but it was very exciting. England versus France there. And then uh, we're going to start doing a weekly thing, a new weekly thing at the end of, the, at the end of each episode. We're going to start doing a rugby thought of, the, thought of the day or question of the day, which uh, should be something interesting for you to go and ponder uh, when we leave you at the end of each episode. So, of course, uh, we will start by just jumping into the first game. Uh, I should probably mention, though, of course, I am joined by Maliki once again. <laughs> Maxon, unfortunately, can't be with us today. He's uh, busy, as per usual. And we are currently situated at two different locations <laughs> in, um, in the British Isles. So I am in Twickenham, as you can see behind me, if you're watching on the YouTube. Um, obviously, HQ, you know, great place. Mal? little less important where you are but when you go through it live from the Aviva Stadium in uh, Dublin of course big win for Ireland this weekend so had to fly over here to record the episode definitely not just a zoom background <laughs> <laughs> no no all good all good um all good fun uh so yeah uh if you do have any more suggestions for any other backgrounds that you might like us to use we're going to start using them a bit more it's, it makes a bit more interesting viewing doesn't it <laughs> um, but yeah without further ado we'll go straight into the first game the most important game of the weekend from my point of view anyway we had England versus Georgia now England won this game 40 points to nil Maliki what are your thoughts well I think as Eddie Jones said at the beginning or in some interview before the game he said that Georgia have the best pack in the world apparently which seems a bit of a road comment but we absolutely destroyed them uh in the pack throughout the whole game um i think that's kind of shown by jamie george getting a hat trick so that's pretty mental so um yeah really great performance by the england and i think that's it yeah from start. three moles three tries yeah really good start to the um a really good start to the the uh, Autumn Nations Cup for England. But, um, who were some standout players for you, Ed? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure really if there were any proper standout players, but I think um, obviously Jamie George with his hat trick probably counts as that. And he's one player of the match, obviously, which is uh, obviously well deserved. First ever England hooker, I think, to score, to score a hat trick, which is really exciting. But I just think it was really interesting seeing a few debutants, seeing a few new faces in the England squad. Uh, Eddie Jones giving a chance to some players who, you know, we might not have ever even considered really who would have started for England. I think the key one here is Ollie, Ollie Lawrence. And I think, you know, um, to, to, to have Henry Slade pass you a ball with your first touch of the ball in, a, in an England shirt on 
on your first start for England. I think, you know, did bloody well to, to catch it, really, honestly. It was a horrible pass. I'm not sure if, if anyone else saw it. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought I think um, it's just interesting to watch them play. I think in different conditions, in drier conditions, I think England would have 100% had a bit more tries and a few more tries in them, probably. I, I think it was a bit disappointing, honestly, to, uh, to see the second half almost deteriorate because of the weather. But at the same time, you know, not, not conceding. It's a great start for England. And um, great to see the likes of people like Max, Max Malins and Joe Marchant getting, getting a run out. And um, do you want to comment a bit on Jack Willis, Mal? Yes, my boy Jack Willis. He has been all throughout the Premiership season bloody amazing. This turnover king, getting like four, six turnovers, more than double anyone else in the whole Premiership. And also, he managed to get like eight tries in the Premiership, proving he is an all-round better player than Benel Maxson, who is pretty convinced that he's not. But yeah, he obviously got his try on his debut, which proves I'm right. So I'd like to just say, yeah, that. Um, but yeah, he played really well. He got a good few turnovers. Didn't, didn't play the whole game. I don't know who came on for him. I think, I, don't, I can't remember. But I think, yeah... I definitely liked the look of him, and I think it was Ben over Sam Underhill, to be honest. Um, but I think it very much depends on the game because I saw a comment before about is do you want Sam Underhill, who's going to be smashing people back in the tackles, or do you want to, or do you want Jack Willis, who's going to be more of that? Yeah, he's very good defence with his turnovers, and also a bit more potentially a bit more. I don't know, maybe a bit more attacking threat I don't know they're pretty similar in type but it's really to do about the turnovers or really smashing them back in like the dominant tackles but yeah I, he had a really good start and I thought oh, it was really it's really good that Eddie Jones is giving all these guys who don't have many caps these younger guys a good run out and get them some experience especially against a team like Georgia who obviously aren't the best so hopefully um, I'd like to see Jack Willis in next week's game I'm not sure who England playing but Ireland, maybe. I can't remember. But, yeah. I thought that he was really good. I think we're playing Ireland, yeah. Um, but, yeah, lots to look forward to in that department. I thought uh, someone who did have a, a really good game as well was Ellis Genge. Um, just making solid hits up front. Uh, scrummaged really, really well, especially against, you know, supposedly the best pack in the world. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 just to comment on Georgia, actually, I think um, you know they didn't they didn't do badly. There's nothing you can really do when a team's just that much better than you, and they did have a couple of occasions of uh, you know half decent kicking into into touch or whatever running. You know the scrum in the second half seemed more stable, seemed to you know making them a little bit more wary about them and and I think it was shown in, in the last what it, what was it two minutes of two minutes of time they had their longest phase of possession mm. and their most amount of phases in play which is really really interesting because it just shows that maybe they people thought they didn't have the fitness maybe you know I, I noticed the commentators saying that they were out out on their out on their feet uh before half time because England were just running them ragged. But uh, I, thought, I thought that did show, like, you know, maybe they're not as bad as, as fitness-wise as, as we first thought. And 
it was just simply because England are that much better in the quality department that, that the scoreline was what it was. Um, also, good to see them trying to go for points by kicking to the corner and not taking the, the three points that were, that were on offer uh, quite a lot of the time. So, uh, yeah, to wrap up that game, 40-0 to England. Um, what do we think will happen to England in this competition? Do you think they'll flop or do you think they'll fly, Mal? I think England is an obvious fly thing. It's going to be between probably them and France for the for who are going to win it. Uh, yeah, I think they're probably really really good form at the moment, bouncing back after the the uh, loss in the World Cup final. I think they're winning the Six Nations and just pushing on with good performances, getting the informed guys from the Premiership in. Um, it's making I think it's good good decision um, and by Eddie and I think Eddie's also playing playing the teams against to win the matches rather than just playing the best players all round like by playing Will, Will, is it Will Stewart and Ellis Genge um, at front row who are, who are really big powerful front row so I thought that was good but um, I'm assuming you're saying England are a fly as well yeah yeah I have to agree with you on that I think on the off the back of a Six Nations win um and very little to worry about in that department, really, apart from really against France. Uh, yeah, I think I think England are just building on what we already know they can do, and, and bringing in those new players, like you said, is st- certainly helping to, um, yeah, just make them a better team overall and, and increase the depth, I think. But what about Georgia? You know, I, I noticed, um, so they're talking about the competition as a whole, Georgia... Matt Dawson on the radio yesterday was commenting on them saying that, you know, this is their first chance to get three or four solid games against tier one opposition, which they would never have before, apart from possibly in a World Cup where they would have had a tough group, but still not really something they've had before. This is their chance to really prove themselves. So from a Georgian perspective, even if you lost all, all of your games, did you think that, that it would count as a flop or if you get put up a good performance? I mean, the, the one against England wasn't necessarily good, but let's say they play Ireland and Wales. Do you think, and, and they scored a few tries, they had a couple of games like Italy have done in the Six Nations. Do you think that would count as a flop still or do you think they would, they, that would count as a fly for them? I think with obviously being, as you said, being the first of their tier one games in, in a row. I think if they're, if they're able to get the uh, against the big teams, if they're able to lose by like a, not a significant amount, obviously they lost to England by a lot, but if say Wales, Ireland, Scotland, if they're able to, with those kind of teams, if they're able to have a close game and then, may, and then maybe even beat Italy or Fiji, then I would say that is a fly for them. But I don't, I can't see them doing that to be honest so I think it really depends on how I mean I'm really interested in see how they play against Wales next week because obviously Wales have not been the best of form so if Georgia can get a win there that would be absolutely hilarious but yeah I would have to say they're a bit of a flop for me (laughs) hilarious yeah it would would be a yeah be a giant killing for sure I think yeah it depends if you're Georgian or not really I think they'll just be happy to play um, tier one against tier one nations. Um, but at the same time, from an Eng- from a you know point of view where we're English and we expect to do well and win games, if you're not winning games, then you're kind of flopping, aren't you? So I guess we could call them a flop. 
yeah. uh, for this competition, our prediction. Right, moving on to the next game. We have Ireland beating Wales at the Aviva, 32-9. So, uh, from my point of view, not the most exciting game in the world. I didn't think... I didn't think really both teams perform to the best that they can. I mean, we've already seen with Wales that they've had difficulties in the last few games. This is their sixth game that they've lost on the trot. And Ireland, obviously, only scoring two tries out of those 32 points. I mean, they, that means they are coming away from the 22 with points. But at the same time, you know, against a weak down Wales side, I'd like to see more tries from them. Matt, yeah. what did you make of it? I thought at first, when I when you're watching the game, it was a bit of like just ticking the board over with the penalties and then obviously getting try at the end. So I think the win wasn't as convincing as it may have seemed as when you were watching the game. But I think looking back at the score, I look back at the um, like in the like the last night and see 32-9 against. Ireland versus Wales is quite a big scoreline. Like, it's quite like you wouldn't really have expected something like that, like a year ago, or between like, like if you like if England had beaten Wales that much, you would be like, yeah, they destroyed them. I think that's what we said before as well. But I thought Ireland, although they weren't in the best of form. In their top top form, I think they they are getting a bit back to where they're working. They're on an upward, what's yeah, upward cycle. I guess you could say. I think they're performing a bit better. Again, James Lowe, my boy James Lowe in the team, he had a great performance. Um, and yeah, I think it's looking good, yeah. looking better for Ireland. But unfortunately, I could not say the same for Wales. Don't really know what's happening there. Um, but yeah, what what. What do you what do you think's gone still going wrong with Wales? I think it's coach. I don't think Wayne Pivak's the one, mate. Honestly, I think they're missing Sean Edwards as a defensive coach because this is a Wales team that last year won a grand slam, one of the most difficult things to do as a Northern Hemisphere team in the Six Nations. Like that's impressive, and the moment Warren Gatlin's gone and Sean Edwards has gone. They've suddenly, you know, there's always going to be a phase of rebuilding. But, you know, losing 32-9, you know, the the England match, 33-30, I think, flattered them. I think it's just, uh, I don't don't really know. I think think they're just missing that bit of dynamism, especially in defence, you know, the, the, the amount of penalties that are being conceded. I've already said this in the previous episode. You can't concede that many penalties and expect to win win the game, and it and it's shown because Ireland have kicked so many goals. And to comment on Ireland, I think I I, I thought Jameson Gibson Park had a decent game at scrum half. I thought James Lowe had a very good game on the wing and got his try on on debut, obviously, but. Other than that, I didn't really see much from anyone. Possibly James Ryan had a half-decent game, but I didn't really see much from most of the Irish players. I think they're missing Ring Rose. I think they're missing Lama. I think I thought Hugo Keenan, I think they're missing that dynamism of fullback. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I thought they played all right. I thought they played thought all, right, all right, but nothing that would worry me if they went. I thought Billy Burns was okay. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, chucked a couple of dodgy passes, didn't he? And he's he's another one. Okay, so this is this is what confuses me about about the eligib- eligibility stuff because if Billy if Billy Burns was that good, he would have been selected to play for England. So why Ireland selecting him? There must be someone better in Ireland than mm. Billy Burns. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive because if England aren't picking him because he's not good enough for us, then what he's clearly not good enough to play international rugby. Yeah. Um, and he's a good rugby player, there's no doubt. But I just think it's kind of the same with people like um, Jameson Gibson Park. Like, just because he plays for Leinster, he played for the Hurricanes for three or four years <laughs> and never came anywhere near the All Blacks. Yeah. I mean, and that's why he's now playing for Ireland, because he couldn't, he couldn't make it into that international side. I don't know. I think it's yeah, just a bit counterintuitive to pick players that haven't been picked for, for an international side already. Yeah, I think with with England, we were saying this before, how England's just depth is just actually unreal. Like it's I think it's on par with all blacks and maybe even South Africa. Like those their those three teams just have so much depth in their positions that like and other other teams and I think maybe because it helps just because the their league their what can I say, their domestic league their domestic competitions is, is mm-hmm. maybe one of the strongest compared to the Pro fourteen. Like it's just not as strong. Like they've got three teams in Ireland, three teams in Wales. They just aren't able to pump out as many high quality players. And so I know it's a bit annoying for some, or it might not seem as good for some teams that Ireland and Ireland are getting players like James Lowe jumping in, who obviously are not Irish. But I think it's going to increase the quality yeah. of them, and it actually makes them competitive. Which is what you want to see at the end of the day. You don't, and, and, well, obviously you want to see your team destroying, but it's good to see the whole competition quite competitive, and not just one team completely running away with it every year. But I don't know. What I, one thing I would think about. I've literally written down nothing for Wales for the players because there weren't. I couldn't think of any standout players yeah. that there were in the team. Um, I have actually got a, an interesting fact, which is. Wales made 10 metres in the first 40 minutes of the whole game, which is awful. So I don't know what's going Ten. on there. That's but, appalling. That's appalling. But yeah, I would... You know, that's, that's just I not competitive at all. I think flop. there was one moment, yeah. But I, I, there was one moment in the game where I thought Wales might have a chance and might show some dynamism. And they ran a move off the back of a line out. And Josh Adams got it and ran the outside arc, and the ball ended up being passed like into touch, a lot of bad pass. But I thought if they can just execute a move like that, then they'll score. And I, for some reason, they're not executing. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. They're just not executing. They're committing penalties and knocking the ball on a lot. But yeah, I have to agree with you on a flop for Wales. I have actually written down. I think I think Ireland England next weekend. I think England will win. Um, because of the strength and depth that England have, but I think it will be close. Um, but I, that doesn't mean to say that I don't think Ireland will do well. I think they'll definitely come behind England in the group, but they'll they'll fly. I think in yeah. the grand scheme of things, they'll come top two in the pool. Yeah. So I'd put um, I'd put Ireland as a fly as well, and I think particular shout out to James Lowe and Caelan Doris as well. I think they're definitely two players to watch out for for Ireland. Um, yeah. James Lowe 
really good on the wing and I think Caelan Dorsey is just really solid play back all the back row I think he was playing eight at the weekend and I think he had a really good game I think he got man the match so I think they do have good players they just need to sort some stuff out and I think they'll yeah on their way up 100% um but we did already mention the depth of New Zealand but that depth has been cancelled out a little bit this weekend <laughs> we had um a tri-nations match New Zealand versus Argentina in Australia and uh, the All Blacks have lost for the first time ever in their history to Argentina. So congratulations to them. Massive standout performances from the likes of Pablo Matera and co. Um, that guy is an absolutely stand-up bloke. Uh, you could see from the first minute of the game that he was so up for the, so up for the contest and the All Blacks probably had an air of arrogance about them. So... Um, yeah. Argentina have shut them down, which is good. They need that every once in a while, the All Blacks, because sometimes they do get a bit cocky. And I think the, they would have thought the only reason they lost to Australia the week before is because of all the carding and stuff like that. So great, great to see um, Argentina win that. Matt, any comments on that game briefly before we move on? Uh, I've just got another interesting fact about that game. This was actually the 29th time that Argentina and the All Blacks have met. And it's obviously the first time that Argentina have won out of those uh, games, which is the the same as the first time Ireland beat the All Blacks. It was also their 29th game against the All Blacks in which they won their first. So if you're into conspiracies or superstition, this could be a good year for Argentina. So... I don't know. I think it, being the All Blacks is very impressive, um, although it was at neutral ground. But yeah, I think it's, it's good to see that they're actually competing in the yeah. Tri-Nations and not being left behind like we may have seen previously. Yeah, I think Argentina, no, they definitely stepped to that game. They, they'd compete massively in, in the Six Nations if they were in the, if they were in the Six Nations. Um, they would definitely have good games you know they've beaten Ireland eight how long ago was that the, the 2015 World Cup they beat yeah, Ireland yeah. in the quarters so even then even as far back as then they were competing and I just think you know to come and beat the All Blacks is Mario Ledesma's face after the game or with about two minutes to go when they knew they were going to win said it all he was in absolute pieces mm. bless him but no great great win for Argentina there and um uh, long may their good form continue yeah um so moving on to the last of the uh autumn nations cup games that happened this weekend we had uh italy playing in fiorentina uh they lost 17 28 to scotland mal initial comments on the game i think scoreline flattered Scotland a lot, a lot. I thought Italy were going to win. Yeah. I thought they, Italy were impressive considering how they haven't won a Six Nation game in 27 seven games. I thought this was going to be the end of that kind of streak against this, those Six Nation sides. But yeah, annoyingly they didn't... I think they just have a problem. They just can't finish games. They, they, they are, Italy are strong in the first half, but they just can't finish. I think this, it was seen against England what it was like 10 something it was really close like really close against England then then they got just battered I just don't know what happened but I thought Paolo Garbisi was really good in that game J- 
Jake Paledri was really good. He's been yeah really proving himself. Um, but I don't know if he got injured. I think he got he got taken off for an injury in that game. So hopefully he is able to play for the rest of the tournament, or it's not a serious injury or something. Because he's really a standout player for Italy and also just in general at the moment. I think he's really filled the boots of Parise. Um, yeah, they definitely need him. They definitely need him if they're going to continue to, well, even grow a little bit. I mean, he's stand out for them. Um, commenting on Scotland, though, not the best performers, really. I I was expecting a lot more from them, to be honest. I thought that, you know, the addition of Duncan Weir probably set them back a bit, although he did have quite a good game. Mm. Uh, his first his first cap in four years, bear in mind, is quite difficult, and he's been playing for Worcester, so not the highest quality of uh, teams in in the UK. But at the same time, you know, Scotland come out with a win. That's I think that's how many games have they won fifth, in a row. Yeah, something like they've won in a row now, something fifth or sixth. So Scotland are on are on some good form, and with the likes of. Stuart Hogg and Johnny Gray, who we've already mentioned, and and people like Hamish Watson, who are yet to come back into really good form. Um, I think Scotland could be very dangerous in the weeks to come and should definitely be a team to look out for. Um, and with regards to Italy, I think, you know, you, I, I, would, I would only really like to judge them on the Fiji match. That's when we will see how good Italy actually are. Because Fiji are that team that can either come out and and play ridiculously good rugby and get a surprise win, or they're a team that can just flop again. Um, but we'll come on to them in, in in a minute. So, with with regards to Italy, how do you think they'll do in the competition? Do you reckon they'll flop or do you reckon they'll fly? You know, after that performance, I think I want to say they they could fly, but in when I say fly, I mean They'll, they if they get a win that counts as them flying because they <laughs> they just don't they need one they yeah. need one I think the only teams they beat recently I, I I had a look at their recent scores they beat Canada they destroyed Canada and Namibia in the World Cup but they're just n- like not even close so if they can beat one of the well they're tier tier three sides <laughs> yeah I think if they can beat one of the autumn nations teams it really is a good achievement for them and I think. They have got a lot of young guys coming in, as we said, Garbisi, um, Paledri, um, etc. I think if they, they they are building the foundations of of a of a better squad, and hopefully, if they can get at least one win out of this competition, I think that's a really good achievement for them. So I'm, I put them down as a fly, um, and as well, yeah, I also put Scotland down as a fly. I think their form can't be ignored. And I think yeah, if they obviously they didn't have the best game, I think they they've got a few injuries. Like Jamie Ritchie went off for an injury. I think he went off for an injury yeah. and just didn't come back on. So that mm. that's a bit worrying because he's definitely one of the standout performers, and I think he's definitely in contest. He's contesting for one of those starting line spots at the moment because of his form. So I think both teams are looking good, especially Scotland. Yeah, no, certainly a step up for Italy from what they they were like against England in the Six Nations. I still just think they're a flop, mate. Honestly, I can't see them improving that much that they're going to win a game. Uh, so I've got them down as a flop personally. 
but Scotland I have down as a fly because I think even against France, you know, they beat France in the Six Nations. That the only reason why France didn't win the Grand Slam was because of Scotland. So I think I think Scotland France will be a really good game to look forward to, um, and one one that I hope maybe Scotland can come out with a shock result, possibly. I don't know, very possibly. Um, but let's quickly talk about now the Fiji-France game that was cancelled um, and whether these teams will flop or will flop or fly. Because obviously, I I really thought this this game would possibly be the most exciting game of the weekend. The two extremely flair-filled sides. Um, you got Van Dradender for. Fiji, you've got Ntamak and Dupont. We've already spoken about all the French players, but you've got a, a whole host of amazing players to choose from uh, that you could go and see there. Um, but yeah, in, in, a, in a more general way, because we can't really comment on how they played, obviously, in, in the tournament so far, because the game got cancelled because of COVID cases in the Fiji camp. What do we think of Fiji and how do we think they'll do? I just can't get the loss against Uruguay out of my head in the World Cup, to be honest. <laughs> so, for me, I, just, I think they're just not going to be consistent enough to be a strong contender in this competition. So, I've, just, I've gone for them as a flop. Um, although, I don't, I don't know if Randrandra is injured at the moment, because I think he got injured in the final of the Challenge Cup or something. Um, so, I don't know oh. if, he, if he's there then I think it, he'll have a big impact. But if he's not, then Fiji. Goodbye, Fiji. I don't know. I think um, I've got them down as a fly. I think their performance against... I mean, you you mentioned inconsistency. I think their performance against Wales in the World Cup completely you know, says that they can compete in, in this top-level competition. Um, and they've had results before, like long, long ago, and more recently, where they've really, really competed with sides like Ireland and Wales, so and Scotland. So I really think that they're dangerous, and they shouldn't be underestimating. They could go far in this competition. Um, what about France? On the other hand, Mal, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, to be honest. Yeah, have to be a fly. Obviously, they. I think they would have definitely got the win over Fiji. Uh, today, if they had played today, but yeah, I think obviously that they'll have to wait till next week. I don't, I don't know who they're playing next week. I think oh, they're playing Scotland next week, so that that'll be first game for them, which would be I think will be a close contest. So I think France will take it there, just because they've been in such good form and they just know what they're doing. It seems they got yeah. they got a good structure and plan. So I think France will be a fly just because of their outstanding performance in their Six Nations, which they will be wanting to build on and, and, do, and go one better and actually win um, and compete. I think they're definitely the biggest competition to England. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, but that basically sums up the Autumn Nations Cup and a bit of the Tri-Nations that's happened this weekend. But there is one more game that happened that was quite important and a massive victory for us England fans. Uh, so that was in the women's rugby. So we had France versus England, just a women's friend friendly test, obviously not that friendly in rugby. But um, that was down in Grenoble. And Mal, do you know the score or do you want me to tell you? 
Nah, tell me the score. I actually don't know the score. So it was England 33, France 10. Massive result there for England. Um, it was 10 all at half time. So big second half display from the likes of Emily Scarrett and co. Um, bringing England up to number one in the women's world rankings. So massively impressive. And uh, long may it stay like that because obviously we love England being number one, whether it's women's, men's or whatever other sport it is. So keep going, the ladies, and uh, look forward to watching a lot more of you as more of your games are televised on the BBC and, and other free um, and other television services. So I would 100% now consider watching an England game knowing that we're the number one side in the world. Yeah. Women's game. Would you, Mal? Yeah, I think they've been one, one, number one side in the world. It, big, big, uh, big, I don't know, big success. Big success. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think you can't deny that they've been outstanding. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> they, they won the, the, the Grand Slam two years in a row now, um, which is a ridiculous thing to do. Like, I don't, can't even think of any teams that have managed to do that if a met in men's rugby recently so i think yeah that's they're, they're really proving that the england side is the england women's side is really good and yeah it would be, it'd be interesting to watch watch them play to be honest um but i actually don't know where if where it's televised or anything like that so i have to look into that a bit more yeah no worries i'm sure uh can find all sorts of information on the internet about the next games and and what tests they're playing so that about wraps everything up games-wise. However, obviously, as I said at the start of the episode, we have a rugby thought or a rugby question of the week now um, at the end of each episode. So my rugby thought of the week is whoever thought that Georgia were good at scrumming. <laughs> Just something to think about. Um, so that brings this episode to a close. Thank you very much for watching Much Do About Rugby. If you ever want to check us out on the internet our website is now fully up and running you can find the link on our instagram which of course is tagged at much ado about rugby we also have facebook obviously as i mentioned every episode so do go and follow that if you don't follow that already um and we are available on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube if you want to see our beautiful faces uh so go check us out on all mediums and all platforms if you can and if you will so thank you so much for watching or listening and we'll see you in the next one bye Rugby